This is Dai's NQEX, the podcast, episode 248 for the week of February 20th, 2011. Hello, hello there. Welcome to Dai's NQEX, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Dai's NQEX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. It is the two men of Dai's NQEX this episode. Yes. That's all I got. I don't have any other introduction. Okay, so I'm a man, and I guess you're a man, too. That's correct. Uh, Julian, good to see you. We're uh, doing the video chat this time. It's very nice. Yeah. You know, long time no see. Been busy with a baby. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Julian, you are in Japan. uh, How's that treating you? I don't know. It's like the small talk where I already know how everything's going, but kind of do the small talk for the audience. Well, you know, it's not too bad. It's almost the end of February. School is winding down. Graduation season is upon us. In another month, the cherry blossoms will be coming out. AKB is overexposed as always, and I wish they would go away. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, you can share this with us. The uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it, the constant overexposure of the group. They're on all of the commercials. <laughs> on every tv show it's funny you know for the dragon ball fans we're done with them but for you over there i guess it's just a constant deluge of them all right so we got you over there we got me my name is mike it's just going to be you and i for uh the majority of this episode here but that's cool yeah have a nice little chat you know it started out with just the two of us on this podcast it's very true many many years ago i think we're in our sixth year at this point oh, that kind gosh. of frightens me sometimes <laughs> i mean you think about all right yeah we've been doing the podcast for six years i I've been doing an incarnation of the website 13 years. That's, I don't, I don't even know. I was already with the website and we decided to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. You decided to get me into this new, newfangled podcasting thing back in 2006. No, we started the podcast at the end of five. five. Yeah. And that's so funny to me because that is, it's forever ago, but I feel like you've been a part of Dizenshu EX for so incredibly long. But at that point, you and I, as the faces of the website, had only been together for close to three years at that point. Yeah, I was. I sort of signed on before you relaunched the website back in 2003. Right, right. I mean, I wasn't around for that long. I was kind of the new guy. Yeah, it's so cute. But all right, so enough of reminiscence. We could probably do that forever. And I know there are some people that want to hear about that, but the rest of the people, they want to hear about the news. They want to hear what's going on. They want to hear the in-depth topics. So what are we going to do this episode? Well, it's going to be a hodgepodge of stuff, some of which I'm not even entirely sure about just yet. I did record last night a semi-topic. I call it the introduction to the introduction to a future topic. I recorded that with our buddy Kaboom. Uh, He's a mod on our forum, and he's a a good guy to chat with about story stuff. We talked about a uh, a video project that I kind of threw myself into with the help of a bunch of people on the forum for Daizenshu EX. It may not sound all that interesting, but I think it will become more interesting as you learn about it. So uh, stay tuned for that. And I'm probably going to, at some point, talk to myself about Ultimate Butoden for a little bit as it finally came in. Uh, If you guys follow me on Twitter, I know, Julian, I was bitching to you and anyone who would listen about how late my stuff has been coming from Japan and Hong Kong. What's going on Apparently it's all my fault. Yeah, it is your fault. It involves Japan. Therefore... 
Julian is to blame. I don't know. I think it has to do with new rules that the U.S. put in place at the end of last year. Because a number of the packages that I sent got caught up in it, and I was worried that they were lost for a while. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. really sure. I, I did see that at the end of the year, CD Japan in particular was saying, all right, our, our things are not going to be affected by this this new stuff, but everything ended up taking, I think I waited three weeks for Ultimate Butoden. Usually it's a week to the day from when CD Japan ships it that I get it, but it took about three weeks. But that finally came in. I've only got about an hour into the game right now, so it's going to be real early initial impressions on that. So maybe you'll hear about that at some point this episode. But Julian, you and I, we're going to do the news. We're going to do uh, releases and emails, and emails always become topics. So, sir, are you ready to hit all of this news? Because it's a bit. That's right. News. So, folks, last week, uh, we didn't do an episode. I, I actually didn't mention that at the beginning of this episode. I suppose I should have. It was just one of those weekends, getting taxes done, all sorts of uh, family stuff going on. We had a birthday, so we were celebrating that as well. Just didn't happen. So we have a bunch of news to catch up on in addition to some of the current stuff. So let me get you going here with Kai Soundtrack 4. I mentioned on the homepage of the site, I was kind of glad I didn't update with this news right away because it just kept changing every single day. Give you a recap of where we are with this. Dragon Ball Kai Original Soundtrack 4 was originally announced and scheduled for release on February 23rd. So it would be coming out, what is that, next week at this point? Yeah. On Tuesday, I think. Now, earlier this month, the listings pushed it back to March 23rd. So just a one-month delay, nothing too big there. We've seen that plenty of times before. Soon after that, though, a completely new listing with a new catalog number, so that's significant, popped up online. The old listing noting it was canceled. So this new listing was for a two-disc set. Originally, it was just a one-disc set. I guess one disc isn't a set. Uh, coming on March 23rd. Now, prior descriptions for the first listing, you following along with this? said it would contain around 30 pieces of unreleased music from the show. I think we talked about this before. Uh, our awesome BGM sleuths on the forum noted that there haven't even been 20 pieces in the show that have not made their way to CD. So the news here is, now that it's been bumped up to a two-disc set, what the hell is going to fill up two discs of Dragon Ball Kai music when we don't know that there's enough to fill up one disc of music. Julian, I have to ask you, because you know just as much as I do, which is basically nothing on this, so I gotta get your perspective. <laughs> What's going on? Mmm, sounds to me like they could be padding it out to try and make more money. What do you think they're gonna pad with, though? I mean, people have been talking about, alright, there are some alternate versions that lose an instrument here or there, stuff like that. Is that enough for two discs? Could be that they've got background music sitting around that they decided they just weren't going to use that's or, true I don't know. yeah i have no idea might be some unreleased <laughs> stuff so really this is just kind of a wtf until it uh, is actually out just a reminder though in terms of music dragon ball kai complete song collection is still due out next week on the 23rd and the raging blast 2 soundtrack is still due out on march 23rd the same day as the soundtrack 4 so there's a bunch of music coming uh in the very near future uh, also, Julian, in your homeland over there in Japan, we got some video game sales. Yes, so the sales of Ultimate Butoden. It had 31,108 copies sold in its first week in Japan, and it came out on February 3rd, and the first reporting week was January 1st to February 6th, which means it was sort of the first half week of sales, and it was the number four game for the week. But in its second week, it was down to number 12, which puts it somewhere under about 10,000 additional copies. 
Now, it might be unfair to compare it to console game sales, but even when you look back at Dragon Ball DS and Saiyajin Raishu, which were 2008 and 2009 respectively, that did over 70,000 copies in their first week. You can see where this is going. It did better than Dragon Ball DS 2 did in its first week though. That only got 17,000, well about 17,500 copies. It's still not announced for anywhere outside Japan. We saw listings for Origins 2, which is Dragon Ball DS 2 about two months after its Japanese release. So if you go by that schedule, there's still time for this to be announced, but there are a lot of differences because sales have been plummeting and the 3DS is on the horizon. Julian, I know you're a DS player, so have you considered picking up the new game? Um, you know, I've kind of thought about it, but I haven't really touched my DS. Not so much for lack of will as because I don't really have the time. Plus, my daughter would probably drool on it. <laughs> Come on, you're in Japan and you have a DS. I feel like there's something wrong here, even with child. I feel like all the salarymen make time to play Monster Hunter. I mean, sure, it's PSB, but... Well, yeah, but I don't want to be one of those guys who's playing on the train instead of pretending to sleep so old people don't make them stand up. You got something against people playing games on the train? Come on, man. Put up your fists there. Well, you know, when they're, you know, bashing my leg every time they try and make a move and I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> All right. So that's the situation with Ultimate Butoden. People keep asking, when's it coming? Is it going to be announced? The only other new information would be just that uh, Namco Bandai recently had an event. I think it was in San Francisco about two weeks ago at this point. Um, they announced some new stuff there. This was not there. Although I feel like a Dragon Ball game isn't necessarily the kind of thing that they'd show off at a, a big event show for stuff. So who knows? As of right now, it is import only. So uh, you're on your own for importing it if you want to play it. Let's bring it back over to the U.S. Some quick Funimation updates here. Uh, in terms of streaming, it's been a couple of weeks since the first batch of episodes went up. Uh, you remember they started this new initiative. They're going to stream Dragon Ball episodes, starting with DBZ uh, through the Hulu player. They put up DBZ 1 through 15 all at once that first date. It's been a while since then, but this weekend on Saturday, DBZ TV episodes 16 through 27 are going up via all the same places. Uh, you can watch them on their DBZ sites and uh, Hulu as well. So if uh, you haven't picked up the Dragon Boxes and you don't mind the cropped video and all that stuff, you can watch uh, 27 episodes for free on the internet. But can I watch them? Haha, <laughs> no you cannot, Julian. That's a... Uh, very important to note that Hulu is U.S. Oh. only. I know we talked about this. They clarified that they can't even play them in Canada, even though they have the Canadian rights for streaming, but they got no one there. Let me give you one last bit of Funimation updates here. Uh, right Stuff listings for Kai Part 5 went up this week. It's due out on May 3rd, but the prices were the big deal here. These are the MSRPs. $29.98 on DVD and $34.98 on Blu-ray. I believe that's a $20 drop in the MSRP on those. Now, it sounds like these are going to be the new prices going forward, and the old sets are going to be slashed down to this level, too. We saw a post from, oh, it's one of those um, anime-specific retailers, not Right Stuff, but one of the uh, smaller ones that had a little blog post about this. Amazon's already got them on sale. The Blu-ray sets are about $25 bucks so if you've been holding off on kai and you're interested in purchasing it now is certainly a good time to jump in of course coming from daizen 2 we have to we have to absolutely advise 
that you go with those Dragon Box sets first and foremost. It's where our loyalties lie. Uh, I guess we're going to take it back over to Japan very briefly, though. So starting March 30th, Fuji TV 2, a satellite channel, will be broadcasting two episodes of Kai per week at 6 p.m. This kind of thing usually isn't done with an ongoing series. I mean, hell, the original DBZ is still being broadcast in Rewind. What kind of uh, channels is DBZ on? That's, again, that satellite stuff that it's playing on, right? Um, Yeah, it's satellite stuff. Um, I forget the names of the channels. Things like WoWo. Yeah, yeah, okay. W-O-W-O-W. Right, right. Um, And there's another channel that's almost exclusively animation. Gotcha. But, yeah, Kai is broadcast on fuji tv and in my area it's kansai tv but kansai tv is a week behind i don't know why. right right heath and i mentioned that and you've mentioned that all right so i guess we'll close up the news i saw this as kind of a non-news thing <laughs> and then anime news network posted it up anyway and people are talking about it it's like oh, all right if, if you really want to talk about it i just tossed it over on facebook because i didn't think it was really news uh podrov Podravka? I don't know. They're from Croatia, I believe, Julian. Any idea what kind of pronunciation I should give it? Um, Not exactly. I'm not really familiar with how to pronounce. Come on, you're my linguist. You're supposed to know all this stuff. But I'm not really that familiar with those languages. All right, fine. <laughs> Podravka, let's say that. Uh, it's a product that a lot of us have seen at some point during our online adventures. In Croatia, this company has a blend of cooking spices that they produce, and it is called Vegeta. Uh, this is the first time I've actually seen an article about it, though, where they asked the company about the Dragon Ball character. And there was just a quote in there that I, I found uh, kind of cute. Still, it is not really pleasant when so many of those violent pictures jump out onto the screen instead of our product. Cute little thing. It's a shame. But you know, it's not limited to small countries around the Baltic because uh, if you just open the link that I sent you, there is a Japanese refrigerator model from Toshiba that's also called Vegeta. We talked about this on the podcast a few months back, I think it was. Was it one that I was on? Because I don't remember. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it made its way to the homepage, though. But yeah, the refrigerator uh, as well. What is it with this name? I mean, it's just a short I don't know. vegetable, so it applies. Yeah, I, I guess it implies that it keeps vegetables fresh. But every time the commercial comes on TV, I am obligated to go, <laughs> Vegeta! <laughs> uh, very cute very cute so uh that's the news for the last two weeks a blend of things from across the world i suppose so what we'll do right now is we'll turn it over to what i guess i'll edit in as the first topic you will hear kaboom sean and i mike vegeto ex talking about i don't know if we want to call it the uh, Bardock special director's cut kind of internally as I'm working on it. I'm calling it Bardock Plus, but uh, enjoy this conversation. So, uh, hey, Mr. Kaboom. That's me. Sean, uh, thanks for joining me. We're going to talk about some shit here. That's usually what podcasts do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's uh, talking into microphones across the internet and hoping people listen to it. We're going to talk about uh, a project that I'm sort of kind of doing. And you and I were just talking. This is almost the meta introduction to what I know we're already talking about planning for a future discussion. But because there there's a project involved, it kind of makes sense to talk about it before we talk about it. Does that make any sense at all? You know, I barely know what's going on here. I had to read up on this. All I knew is one afternoon, I sign into IRC, and all of a sudden, you're cracking the whip, telling me to go watch GT. I'm just all like, no, sir, please, I beg you. Oh, 
It's wonderful. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, I mean, I, I'm recording this first. Maybe there's the rest of a podcast episode. I don't know. Who the hell are you, even though you've been on, I think, once or twice before? I am Sean. You can call me Kaboom on the forums. And I have the highest post count, which somehow apparently earned me mod status. I wouldn't say that's what earned it for you, but I would also say that that's relatively frightening. Well, <laughs> don't get your hopes up, kitties. <laughs> So, uh, Sean, you ready to talk about the science? I suppose so. All right, let's uh, let's do the introduction to the introduction, which itself is an introduction to a future podcast episode. Something that fans have been talking about doing for a long time, many, many years. In fact, a couple have, is taking the Bardock special and splicing in other stuff. Because the DBZ TV series in particular has a lot of flashback material. Um, one of the big ones is King Vegeta's assault on Frieza. That was original to the TV version. And it fits in so well to what otherwise is just that complete Bardock special. In fact, if you watch that episode, it actually transitions into the Bardock special with Frieza rising out of his little ship and and taking on Bardock. So people have said, hey, I can splice that in. That's a pretty clear transition. Why not do it? Well, a few people have. And as we've been talking about this, um, our buddy Tanuki actually put together this Vegeta TV special that he called it uh, a while back. He did that with some dub footage, kind of like a test to see is there enough with Vegeta to do a little spin-off special? And then I think it was Metal Madness on our forum did a similar thing with the Bardock special. He did this with some dub footage as well, splicing in a couple things. Another of our forum members, DNA, who I'm pretty sure is someone who sent me... Oh, man, I think it was from Argentina, Dragon Ball Z Movie 1. I'm not sure. He's one of those people that feeds my terrible addiction. But DNA said, hey... I want to do this. I, I want to take up this project. Oh, I don't have all the footage. And so I wander in. I'm like, oh, hey, I've got the footage. Guess who does? I'm, I'm willing to help out. You know, here's a couple ideas. And by the next day, I had basically edited everything into the Bardock special because it's... You're like a machine. I am like a machine. It's a very, very frightening machine. Editing machine. That's right. You know, I got the footage... Why not? I mean, the Bardock special, I know so intimately well, although I uh, kind of gets shown up where I, I messed up the number of eye catches or something like that, but I was a little embarrassed there. But anyway, there's so much you can do with the Bardock TV special, but there's other stuff as well. So I guess, Sean, the real question here to someone who's, I, I refer to you as my in-universe guy, but you enjoy all the other discussion as well. Oh, that's so sweet. It's it's. I don't mean to typecast you, but as someone who really enjoys the meat and potatoes of the story and even enjoys writing some fanfic stuff, I guess my question to you is, what is interesting about the science themselves as a race with a history that would make fans like me, like DNA, like Tanuki, like Metal Madness, want to do something stupid like this? Well, they're the stars of the show, more or less, I guess. Uh... But really, for some reason, they are a lot whole, lot more interesting than they probably should be. You know, that's an interesting point to make, because after last episode of the podcast, we had an email. It's like, oh, what kind of uh, new things would you like to learn about? And Mary tossed out there, she'd like to learn more about the science, uh, specifically their culture and that kind of stuff. And I know Jake responded like, well, actually, we do know a whole lot about them. And I, I disagree with Jake a little bit where there was kind of more of a, a raw timeline of events. I know I'm kind of putting words in Mary's mouth, but 
the culture is the best way to describe it. And that's not really A happened, B happened, and then C happened. It's right. more of, I don't know, the hierarchy. How did King Vegeta get to his position? I mean, we know a little bit about that kind of stuff, but there's so much more you can do with it. So is that the kind of stuff that you really like digging into as well? Oh, well, I certainly wouldn't turn down learning more about it. But uh, yeah, honestly, we never really did get much in the terms of like, you know, saying family structure or saying, uh, you know, how saying hierarchy works for the most part the basic rundown of what we were ever told about them is that they're very angry cavemen who wound up with spaceships <laughs> and this is terrible because as i'm working on this project and this is something we're going to talk about as a fuller topic definitely is the contradictions with what happens with what races and who gets what and especially when you put uh plan to eradicate the science in gt i mean i was even joking with my screenshots and stuff it's like all right there's scientist number one shooting stuff into the sky there's scientist number two doing the exact same thing from a different series. It's just there's so many things that some contradict themselves, but others, like if you really want to twist things, you can kind of make it work. Uh, you and I were talking, especially when you were looking for that GT footage, it's just like, oh, my God, my head hurts trying to piece this stuff together. <laughs> well, that was mostly from the fight that was actually going on. Oh, that's true. <laughs> right. What what fight was that? Just so um, people understand. Vegeta, ver Vegeta versus... Tuffle, Gohan, and Goten. And I, I know I was just scrolling through the footage myself trying to get to this flashback, and it's just the most incomprehensible stuff going on. And I'm not even big on the powers and comparing I them. I honestly cannot care any less about it. But you're scrolling through the footage, you're like, eh, I'm not so sure about this, guys. Goten's not even using Super Saiyan. He should be like, if he's not, he should be like a fly accidentally <laughs> landing in front of a steamroller in this fight. Right, right. Let's talk about some of the footage that I'm going to be using in here. I mean, King Vegeta in particular is this. This is a scene that you always found really engaging because it's just kind of like tossed in there into an episode and it works so well. What, with him uh, trying to go up against Frieza? Yeah, yeah. We've got like the secret Speaking society. of flies in front of steamrollers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that it's been a while since I've watched that one. But I do like how they really tied it right in there to the Bardock special. It's if, unless I'm mistaken, the part where Frieza actually mentions, oh, I killed your father and it was easy, narna, narna, narna. That was actually a long time after the Bardock special was actually made, right? What, this particular episode? Yeah, he... I mean, no, that part in the manga was a little while after the Bardock special already happened, wasn't it? Uh, I'd have to go back and check the dates and stuff, but the this scene that we're talking about is from episode 78, so, I mean... Well, because other, otherwise, that does seem like the sort of thing they would include if they were making the Bardock special after that. Right, right, good point. So, it just, it fits in perfectly. Yeah, yeah. If they'd known about it sooner, they probably would have made it part of the special to begin with. I think that's the most significant piece of footage that we're splicing in here. There are a couple other little ones. Um, I guess let's talk about movie eight a little bit with Paragus and Broly. These are other bits of footage that maybe not as directly, I don't know how to phrase it, like they can't perfectly splice in with the Bardock special, but they're general enough that um, Metal Madness in particular found some really great places to splice in. For example, the scene of Paragus coming in to talk with King Vegeta and ultimately getting blasted and tossed aside. This stuff, I guess, while it doesn't fit in perfectly, it, it can well enough to add to, I guess, what was going on around that fateful day in age 737. For the most part, it all seems to be, you know, you could splice it together, call it 
a day in the life of King Vegeta. <laughs> I know, I know. When you start putting all this stuff in, it, it's, I mean, it's about Bardock, but there's a lot of that royal family stuff in here as well. The, the last day in the life of King Vegeta. I know, and this is some of the tough stuff because we know that Broly was born that day and everything takes place basically that same day. So um, this is something we were also talking about in that thread. It's like an episode of 24 or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, how do you want to break it up? And I think what I've determined like I'm the events do. of this story all took place in one day yeah yeah you're gonna have a prologue which is uh, we'll get to that in a bit but basically everything else is one day so the bardock special that was 45 minutes becomes over an hour of still the same day we've got a full-length feature movie material now that's very true very true and i guess continuing on with movie stuff you go to the very beginning of dbz movie five with kula which it's a great scene because it's an outside view in of the events rather than being kind of like the A story. And it's in sepia tone. Yes, it is. It's all artsy. Uh, which is fun. And this is another great placement. Um, you know, do you want to put it in as the planet is exploding? But I think Metal Madness made a great suggestion where, no, put it after and kind of have it be a reflection on what was just happening. He's watching it from a few light years away. It's, it's going to take a few minutes to reach him. It seems like he's pretty close, but he, I don't know. A few light, a few light minutes away. Who knows how, <laughs> how big his spaceship is. But this is some great stuff to really flesh out that, yeah, this is happening on planet Vegeta, but there are these other people kind of surrounding it that this is uh, affecting as well. There's some good stuff. Where there. were you the day planet Vegeta was destroyed? Absolutely. So, I mean, stuff other than what occurs on that day. Maybe I'll go in order here a little bit because uh, I broke down all the footage that I'm going to be using. With the early Raditz stuff, we get a couple shots of things that happen. It's really just baby Goku, I guess you could say baby Kakarot, um, being blasted off into space. But then there's a couple other shots of just random signs. And this is before the uh, anime planning staff really had much to go on yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we've got different color all Very over the place. Very scarce details and from Raditz of all people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stuff is interesting. This is the kind of thing where the footage is going to be just that footage rather than anything with Raditz's narration. Nothing particularly substantial yet. No, and plus it's he's not Joji Yanami, so it doesn't really work as a narrator. So we kind of toss his audio out the window and just use his footage for what we can hear. That's that's Kayo, right? Yes. Kayo and the narrator? Okay. Yeah, Kayo so and the narrator. Same voice. <laughs> So what we're going to kind of do is uh, we'll, we'll kind of pretend that it's the narrator instead of Kayo talking when we use that footage. Anyway, just one last bit of Raditz stuff. And this is when Kame Senin apparently has known that Goku's been an alien for 153 episodes, but <laughs> he gives... Thanks for the heads up, jerk. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, could have mentioned... I mean, it's Toriyama's fault, of course, but it's just one of those, uh, really? You've, you've known this the whole this many years the little flashback of goku falling off and hitting his head it's not very well animated in fact it's not animated at all it's just kind of still shots with some pans but uh, maybe that can be incorporated into some ending credits stuff because the what i'm going to use for ending credits will be slightly different um and we'll, we'll talk about how it's going to end with the epilogue stuff but uh i guess moving on episode 17 is with the illusion science i probably won't use anything in here there's a couple shots of like 
dead guy with scouter and statue of guy with hair and sword. Now, they, they took that for the Daizenshu timeline, right? And made some entry about how there was a Saiyan civil war or something. Yeah, yeah. I should read up on that. Like, but... oh, hey, this is supposed to have actually happened. Let's make something out of it. Right, right. So, I mean, that footage is there, but we've got our heroes interacting with them. So, Although it's interest- it is interesting to, you know, speculate as what might have been going on. Yeah, yeah, it's Like, true. we don't like Frieza. Let's get rid of him. And the other guys are what? They, they do like him? I mean... Or maybe they've just actually met him. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like, how can you... I want to say, how can you want to be on his side? But we have that scene of Bardock coming in to the uh, the bar and calling everyone idiots. And they're like, what are you talking about? We work for Frieza and he's a great guy. And he'd never do anything like that to us. Yeah. So. He pays us to blow up planets. What are you complaining about? I suppose there could be some disagreement going on. So that's just buffer if we need it. But we get to DBZ episode 20. And this is that scene where Kaio gives the background on the Saiyans and the Sufurians and sort of what happens. Now, I was actually telling Mary about this earlier. It's really great, this scene. Because while it does go off into outlandish territory that is later contradicted by Toriyama, and that is that the god, the Kami of Planet Vegeta, wrought destruction upon it with the shower of meteors. What's great about the scene is that it kind of cuts back to a reaction shot of Goku, and then it goes on into that stuff, so it can be perfectly spliced out entirely. Just completely disregard it. Uh-huh. And what I think I'm going to do here... The, uh, the meteor part, at least, right? Right, right, right. That's Every, what you mean? Everything up to there is perfectly fine makes coherent sense and there's a cut right when you need it right and it won't be contradicted by <laughs> frieza blowing it up like an hour from then in this new special <laughs> so what i'll do is i'll just fade up into the full version of that song and i think i'll use some of this extra footage and kind of piece together not the remaining days because we're going to get up to that final day but other stuff that is going on i'll use things like Raichi throwing stuff into space, Dr. Mew, Bebby, whatever, being thrown up into space as well. This extra footage that kind of brings the Sufurians to a close, anyway, their chapter on this planet. Maybe a little of what's happening with Bardock? I'm not entirely sure because I think the Bardock special is pretty much going to start just as it starts. So I mean, this is one of those things that's up in the air. And if people want to jump into the forum thread and, and uh, offer some suggestions, I'm certainly open to them. So that's kind of how it's going to open. Um, the other footage that doesn't make any sense in this context, but we're going to try to use here. There is a scene in episode 62 of Dragon Ball Z. And this is when Ginyu first lands on Namek and Gerd is thinking to himself, it's kind of like a Gerd flashback to Vegeta, uh, their little interaction in a hallway. Um, they're all talking big to each other and Frieza ends up blasting Gerd down. Vegeta kind of laughs and runs off. So I think this makes sense to use in a little epilogue thing, which I'll get to in a second. The problem is Vegeta's wearing armor that he's using on... It's not the right type of armor, I guess is the best way to describe it. So there's a lot of visual inconsistencies. I'm not sure how that's going to get used. Maybe it'll just be like a fade down and a fade up. Maybe I'm, I'm not familiar all. with that little inconsistency. Yeah, again, probably because it, it's filler. Yeah, it's, it's just and, this... and it's it's filler about Gerd. So. Right, right. So who cares? Just kind of <laughs> fast forward over that stuff. But it's a great scene of Vegeta laughing and being a dick. So I mean, oh, why those not are include fun. It? There's that little scene there. There's a couple little tiny things that I may include in that opening bit. In episode 86, there's a couple shots of. Uh, 
just little Vegeta being a dick and his dad kind of comes in and cleans stuff up. But uh, then we get to episode 104 of DBZ. This is what I think will be used as kind of an epilogue to, I guess, Vegeta's story. And that's uh, the filler scene of Raditz, Nappa, and Vegeta uh, reporting back to Frieza. Their planet's already been destroyed for several years now. Um, Nappa actually goes to take a swing at Frieza, but Vegeta yells for him to stop. And What a moron. Yeah, he's, well, we've seen he's not the brightest bulb in the package here. Um, uh, not the uh, crispest vegetable in the uh, uh, uh Clever. Very nice. See what you did there. So uh, I think this scene is going to be used after the, I guess what you call the Bardock special proper. It'll kind of close up Vegeta's story. There's a shot of Vegeta where he just kind of looks up into space and this is kind of translucent, I don't know, like star. Right, I saw I saw that shot when I uh, looked up the episode. That was oh, so good. That was pretty cool. I think that's going to be the ending shot for the new special and uh i'll do the exact same thing that the movies and specials do kind of shrink it up to the upper left and scroll some credits with the song so then if anything else there's a couple shots in 124 of little vegeta but they're kind of dreamlike so i don't know what i'll do there we've got some extra stuff um plan to eradicate the science things with raichi and the sufurians being destroyed that'll probably go into that opening musical montage the extended one and the same thing that we were talking about earlier with uh gt that's from episode 27 with uh and it's a weird color so i'm not entirely sure what to do with it what is the uh the ova the gt st- well yeah the ova footage is Gonna, I saw the thumbnails of that. It's kind of uh, yeah. It's gonna need. It some, looks like it took some work. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna totally need some color correction because it's not remastered on the Dragon Box. Uh, it's just a right. It's just on there. The GT stuff. This flashback that Bebby's doing. It's um. It's not sepia toned, but it's like a bluish version of that blue green. So I don't know, but it'll get used in there. So I guess that's in a nutshell why people would want to do this and what footage exists. Now, a lot there's, of... There's a lot of it. There is a lot of stuff. And it's it's kind of all scattered and sometimes a little self-contradictory. So uh, I suppose I can see why the urge to put it all together into something that makes sense would be so compelling. Yeah, it's this. It's compelling from that side of things, but it's also compelling from an OCD side of things where you're like, right. I got to take care of this. I can do it. You know what? Step aside, Toei. I've got this one. Take a, a seat. A fan's got to do what a fan's got to do. That's right, right. It's totally egotistical and almost dickish in a way, but I think it's fun at the same time. So I give myself and everyone else a pass on this. But it's also a testament, I think, to our community. So many people come together offering ideas. And, you know, I've got folks like you that I can whip and be like, hey, go find me episode numbers. And that's also helpful as well. You're welcome. So I guess you've listened this far to this conversation about a thing that hasn't even happened yet question everyone's asking is oh that's awesome can't wait to see it where's it going to be up when it's done uh well (laughs) (laughs) little problem there maybe it it won't be i mean let's let's be honest we are one of if not the biggest dragon ball online presence in the english-speaking world we're on speaking terms with a lot of the rights holders in a variety of countries not just here in north america and we'd rather not piss them off this I, I I can't put this up. There's just absolutely no way I can do it. I I can't do it, you know, from my heart, and I can't do it from my bank account. So <laughs> that's just not going to happen. That being said, there are some things we can do. Um, if you are part of an anime convention, especially a smaller one that is looking for programming material, this might be the kind of thing that maybe you want to play. I mean, I'm very willing to 
come on out somewhere. And if, I mean, I would love to do a little panel, maybe like a 15, 20 minute discussion, kind of like what we were talking about here, Sean, just kind of condensed and, you know, here's all the things that exist and this is why people are interested. And hey, I actually did it and show it, that kind of thing. But there's just no way that we can... Like the uh, like the description of the story on the back of a DVD box. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just an, an abridged, if you will, version of our <laughs> discussion here. So, I mean, I'm really sorry, folks, but if you're excited by it, I'm, I feel bad for crushing everyone's hopes and dreams of, you know, hitting up a torrent and downloading this kind of thing. That's not how we roll here at Tizen 2 We can't do it. So I apologize for talking it up and then kind of like taking it away from you like a baby in a stroller. So that sucks. I know. At least I'll apologize in advance for that. But there are some options out there. I would love to, I don't know, do something with this in the future. It's I was talking with Mary about this too. It's weird that it's it's not a fan parody. It's not a fan production either because it's it's basically just the show just rearranged. So it's not like anyone can take credit for it. So what do you call it? What do you do with it? So what else is there to say about this with the product that we can only talk about in this weird meta sense and never actually show anyone? Uh, we're sorry. <laughs> what I would like to do is uh, just kind of give people... Almost the feeling that they have seen it. I think after it's done, um, after I get my new mixer, I've been saying this for a while, I'm going to have you come up. We'll do a couple episodes about stuff. We'll watch it. We'll talk about, did it even work? I think that's going to be the real question after it's done. Uh, Does it even mesh? Like, we'll make it. We can't show it, but we'll analyze it for you. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, we'll watch it for you. We We should play that angle. We'll watch it for you so you don't have to feel bad about not getting to. We've tried to do that with so many different things, but even when we say something sucks, you see this on so many awesome review sites and podcasts. If something is abysmally just off the wall terrible, it only makes people want to watch it even more. So I, I think in order... I think that's why I have a bizarre fascination with GT. Ha <laughs> ha! There you go. I think what we'll have to do to make people not want to see this is just be totally apathetic toward it and just say yeah it was a thing whatever and uh that'll make people not want to watch it it'll make for a terrible discussion but uh i think that's the best way have to, to, serve have the to record the entire follow-up podcast in monotone voice <laughs> that's right that's right sound like a bork drone totally totally it's uh not interesting to work on it's not interesting to discuss uh, despite what you may have just heard and it's probably going to be a terrible no, no, it's not going to be a terrible product. It's going to be an absolutely mediocre product. You're not missing anything. Mm-hmm. It's research. That's right. That's right. Let's, let's label it as that research. So, Sean, um, thanks for talking about nothing, basically. No problem. <laughs> Glad to be a buffer. You have anything you want to plug related to the science? Because I guess it's sort of related. Uh, well, you know, I have a fanfic. I have a finished spinoff little fanfic for it. I have a YouTube account, which has videos of animals. i'm not that interesting i'm just a mod carry on i think that is the greatest thing that i've ever heard on this podcast you know what forget everything we just talked about go watch kaboom's uh videos of animals yes do it the end all right dude thanks for uh thanks for nothing and everything at the same time you're welcome all right i'm going to do something that i've never really done before 
which is talk to myself for a little bit with no other co-hosts at all right here on the podcast talking about a video game uh this game came in super late along with a bunch of other stuff i've been waiting on so that's why this first look has been so delayed the game i'm talking about of course is dragon ball kai ultimate butoden it is the most recent game for the franchise it came out for the nintendo ds in japan on february 3rd now this game is developed by Game Republic. They did the Dragon Ball DS games 1 and 2. So they have plenty of familiarity with Dragon Ball on the DS. Now like I said, currently this is only available in Japan. You have heard and will hear about this as we mention it in the news and the releases from time to time. Now while it's the second game to be branded as Kai, the first was Saiyajin Raishu a few years back, which came out over here, retitled as DBZ, that was Attack of the Science. It's really the first to embrace the Kai moniker. It uses a Dragon Soul instrumental in the opening and a little play on that jingle during some super move stuff. Now, speaking of its name, the word Butoden is obviously a callback to the old Super Famicom games, Super Butoden 1 through 3. The developers took this to heart though, and folks who tried the old unlock code on the title screen from those games were treated to the familiar Kakaroto exclamation from back in Super Butoden 2 that unlocks Broly here in this new game. A variation on that same code also unlocks Bardock. So you can see that the developers really know their roots here. Now this game is a fighting game. It's done in a 3D engine. The character models are somewhere between realistically proportioned and a little chibi-fied. It's definitely got its own look to it. Now I'm only about two hours into playing the game so far. Maybe not even that. Probably just like an hour and a half. I just hit the third section of the story mode. I uh, just beat Bata and geez and I've done a little bit of the customization and the practicing and all that now I haven't decided yet if this game is either too technical or just too loose there's a lot going on here and it'll take a while for players myself included really get a hold of it there's a lot of ways to combo into things and retaliate with but as you just get going with it, honestly, it feels a little haphazard and a little button mashy. There's definitely something going on under the hood here, though. So we're back to the 2D style of weak attack, strong attack, etc. Except there's really no block button here. There is a dodge button, though. So it's quite different from some of these other games that we've been playing over the last decade, really. And even further back than that. In terms of DS-specific controls, though, your special and your super moves, they're just a touch away on the bottom of the screen. That's how the uh, screens are divided up. You've got your fighting and everything going on up top then on the bottom screen during the match you've got the listing of your special moves they can all also be accessed via traditional button press combinations though like fireball motions and taps and stuff you can also configure that bottom screen to show you what those combinations are in addition to just listing them out for touch controls i normally just have it set up just the default way which just says kamehameha genkidama kaioken you just press them to activate them now, like the old Super Butoden games, you have some options in defending against super moves, which brings some quick little micro games for both the attacker and the defender to decide who wins. Some of them might be just press these three buttons, how many do you get through more than your opponent? Uh, there's one where these little orbs come, you have to press it while it's over top the little circle in the middle. So there's a lot going on here on the screen. There's a lot of trading back and forth as well, not just with those super attacks. If you remember back to Legends, Hidainaru Doragonboru Densets, the, uh, you know, we used to call it Legends, a lot less of a mouthful there, back on PS1 and Saturn. You could string those meteor hits for as much key as you had. Uh, over here in this game, you can trade counter punches the same way. So you'll have some fun back and forth, just slow motion hit, hit, 
hit to the face and it adjusts the camera angle respectively. It's uh, pretty fun stuff and it looks really nice. There's no manual charging of key in this game and that's going to be a big thing for a lot of players. It automatically regrows or you can actually up your key level yourself and have it drain faster but you'll be stronger in that state. It's kind of like that Raging Soul mode we had in Raging Blast 2. The game is far too fast paced for there to be any standing around charging your key. So this makes a whole lot of sense in terms of the gameplay style versus what you can actually do with your character. And about that speed, this game is way faster than anything we've had in a long time. It's right up there alongside the most recent Raging Blast games, if not more so. Now, as I'm playing this, I'm thinking maybe this is the fastest moving Dragon Ball game, fighting game, that I've ever played. It's just that fast. It's a little disorienting at first, to be honest. The graphics are really up to the task, though. They keep things blistering along. I'm really impressed with the character models and movement in the game. If you think back to the Dragon Ball DS games that Game Republic also made, they look a little blocky and exaggerated up close, and they do here in this game, but I think it works really well with the DS's limitations. To me, it just makes everything all the more endearing. I mean, I think of Dragon Ball, I think of chunky characters smiling, so I think it kind of works. In terms of the music, it's been chipper. There's no real standout track so far that I've noticed other than that uh, aforementioned Dragon Soul Diddy during some super moves. The voices are all here too. They're limited to just certain parts of cutscenes though, and of course all the in-game attacks. There are some long cutscenes, usually just characters standing at each other, that open up each match. They can all be skipped, though you will notice when you start the story mode, it starts the same way Kai does, where it's the scene of Bardock taking on Frieza. So there's some interesting stuff there littered among just the staring at each other. In terms of the story, it follows the Z era pretty closely, or the Kai story. Uh, the story screens that you'll see have three rows. There's kind of the top one, which is the main fights, and then the next row down would be sub-fights. These would be something like little extra fights during that part of the story, not just the main fight that took place. And then some of them will have an if section at the bottom that kind of branches off into its own new screen, a little new what if stories there. I think I've come across a couple so far in uh, the fights that I've done. I, like I said, I just got into the third section, so there's been a couple of them. Beating stages also unlocks uh, the respective characters that you've been playing on that stage for the most part. So just like every other Dragon Ball fighting game, play through the story and you'll get those characters as you defeat them. You want to unlock Dodoria? Well, get up to that point and defeat Dodoria. It's pretty simple. One of the big things folks are excited about with this game was the customization for the characters. Each fight also gets you points to spend on these customization items. There are hats, clothes, eyewear, things like scouters, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Right now, I'm still real early on, so Koku's just wearing Piccolo's little turban hat thingy, and he's got Noibo on his back. So, very basic, but you can already see just how detailed and fun the characters are going to be as you get playing. So, I mean, this was kind of condensed short, still real early on with this game. It should be pretty clear that there's a lot going on with it. So what I'd like to do is come back in a couple of weeks, revisit it, see what we all think, and maybe by then we'll even hear something about some localized releases by that point. Until then, though, it is Japanese only. Keep in mind that the original Nintendo DS is region free, so import with no worries and just know there's plenty of help out there to navigate the game, learn how to play, all that stuff. The Ultimate Butoden right now, I'm, I'm feeling pretty strong about it. There's some definite stuff to dig into. And yeah, it's another fighting game, but it feels different enough. I mean, especially just having five years of uh, the Sparking Engine to come back to something a little, a little is a great way to describe it because it is a portable game and everyone's sort of chibi-fi, just 
on the go, blistering pace. I use that term blistering already, but that's just the, the best way to describe just how fast it moves. I'm having fun with it so far, and uh, it's been a long time since I've had fun just these first couple hours in the Dragon Ball game. It's, it's weird, my love-hate relationship with these games. So Ultimate Butoden, definitely uh, check it out if you're yearning for something different from what we've had over the last couple of years. But we'll come back in a while and see if we all still think that way. So I guess at this point, man, this is the last thing that I've recorded for this show. What's up next? I think I'm going to turn it back over to Julian and myself for releases. <laughs> Julian, you and I return. Let us do some releases. I think we'll close out February and we will move through March as well because I kind of forget that we're more than halfway through the month of February here. I'll start you off. Uh, We mentioned this earlier, February 23rd, the Dragon Ball Kai Complete Song Collection, COCX 36648. It is 17 tracks total. It's all 13 tracks from the previous song collection, plus the three vocal songs off Soundtrack 3 and Songs, plus Kokoro no Hane, which is the current, the second closing theme to Dragon Ball Kai. I'm pretty sure I just saw an updated track list for it, and it is mixed up a little bit. It's not just the uh, previous stuff all strung together. MSRP on this is 26.25 yen. You can get it on CD Japan a little bit off, a little under two bucks there, 2,500 yen. Uh, leaving Japan, going to Germany, Julian. Yes, so they've got the Dragon Ball Z DVD box 8 from publisher Kaze. 10 boxes for the series, so they're almost getting towards the end, it looks like. It's based on the French video transfer, so it's not all that great. Certainly not the Dragon Box version, but it's got Dragon Ball Z TV episodes 231 to 250. It's four discs at 4 by 3 ratio, and it's oh, just about 46 euros at Amazon Germany. No, I guess uh, keep going. It's over in Japan. We'll take our respective countries. And March 4th, in Friday, which is a Friday, we got Dragon Ball Kai DVD single discs uh, for Gene Zoning and Cell Arc Volume 6. Overall, it's Volume 24. It's got Kai episodes 70 to 72, 16 to 9 aspect ratio, cropped standard definition, 2940 MSRP, that's in yen, and uh, 2800 yen at CD Japan, 2176 at Amazon Japan. Now, bringing it back over here to the USOA, sticking with Dragon Ball Kai a little bit, part four from Funimation, Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, A little bit behind Japanese release, but catching up pretty quickly. This is going to be episodes 40 through 52, so this is right before the Jinzo Negan and Cell arc. I'm pretty sure that started up on 55. It's the proper 4x3 on both Blu-ray and DVD, and uh, MSRP on these are still the higher ones, the 54.98 and the 49.98 Blu-ray and DVD respectively. Right Stuff just upped their prices. I think they were about 10 bucks cheaper than they are right now, so Amazon's your best bet. Uh, Blu-ray is actually 50 cents cheaper than the DVD, 36.49 and 36.99. So uh, you can get some good sales on one through three right now, part four. Maybe you want to wait on that price drop, but uh, some good deals on Kai. Uh, Julian, you're going to France right now. Woo! I always wanted to go to France, but uh, this is the French Kanzenban Dragon Ball Volume 13, uh, and it's being put out by Glena. It's uh, about 10 and a half euros or just over 10 euros if you pre-order at Amazon France. All right, I guess I'll wrap up the month. It's a pretty busy March. March 23rd, we mentioned these earlier. I'll breeze through them. Kai Soundtrack 4 and Raging Blast 2 Soundtrack. We mentioned that Soundtrack 4. It's uh, going to be over 30 tracks. We don't really know. 
two discs now. The MSRP on this one is 34.65 yen. CD Japan's got it for an even 3300. So you're looking at just under 40 bucks on this one. And then the Raging Blast 2 soundtrack that is 3000 yen MSRP. Again, CD Japan's got it for you know, one and a half, two bucks cheaper, 28.57. So with uh, a very, very busy February and March done with releases, let's do a couple emails here. So originally I had an email here from Judy from Hungary that I wanted to read. And this is one of those rabbit hole emails where I have an answer and I'm like, oh, I can mention this. Oh, that ties into this. Oh, let me reread half of Journey to the West and give you an even larger answer. So that's going to end up, I think, being one of our emails turned topics next week. There's a couple things I want to just uh, brush up on. I can't remember if the Palm Leaf fan that... Gold and Silver use is the same palm leaf fan that uh, the wife of the bull demon king uses. So uh, it's kind of a heads up on where we're heading next week with one of my little retellings from Journey to the West. But we do have a couple emails here. Julian, you're the deep voice sexy guy, so you get to read them. All right. So the email comes from Taku, and he says, With Kai being canceled and DB game sales in Japan dwindling, will we see a break in Dragon Ball games, and will that 3DS game be canceled? You know, he, he opens with the with Kai being canceled. We're kind of all assuming that's what's happening right now, but we don't know. We're coming up on April very soon, though. I think Toriko starts the first week of April, so really, we need to know in March if Kai is continuing. Right. And the other thing is, the people who have been asked on the production staff, like the voice actors, really don't have any idea themselves. <laughs> so they're not much help. No, I think everyone's just flying by the seat of their pants at this point. So here, good question, though. Game sales dwindling. We were talking about this earlier in the news. Will we see a break in Dragon Ball games? Now, someone else was asking about this on our forum as well. You know, if we do have a break, what is that going to be like? Because we haven't really had that before. The closest we've had was after Final Bout came out in September 1997. There was a break in games until about 2002. The thing was, Dragon Ball was just getting popular in the U.S., so we could kind of play catch up with the games. And by the time it really hit its peak with the cell arc, new games were quickly approaching on the horizon. So this would be, if this all comes to pass with Kai being canceled and maybe we take a break, this would be the first time that North America and Japan kind of simultaneously have a lull. Uh, I think we've pointed out though that, I mean, Funimation is a little bit behind, so maybe we'd be a year behind on the lull. But if games are affected, well... No one's making domestic original games anymore, so no new games in Japan, no new games in the U.S. What do we think about this 3DS game, though, Julian? It had been announced that something's in the works, and we know that uh, a One Piece game from the Wii is being... It's not downported, it's not really upported, it's like a, a side port over to the DS. Yeah, it's um, Unlimited Cruise, which was released on the Wii a couple of years ago. So it sounds like they're sort of downporting it to the DS, 3DS. Yeah, yeah. And there's some Naruto stuff coming too. I don't know. What, what's, what do you anticipate happening with Dragon Ball games? Do you hear anyone talking about them? Mm, not really. I mean, I, what I'm interested in seeing is how they handle the 3D, whether it's just sort of a, a tacked on gimmick or whether it's actually vital to the gameplay. Well, I mean, that, that could go into a whole other video game topic. The, the deal with the 3DS is you can turn the 3D off at any given time. So inherently, the 3D cannot be integral to the gameplay if you can just turn it off. So I don't know. Again, it's video game stuff. Do you think we'll see this Dragon Ball 3DS game? Hmm, I don't know. 
I think I have to refrain from any kind of predictions right now. <laughs> I know. We, we like to make predictions and we end up being totally wrong. All right, let's do <laughs> one more email here. This one is just so absurdly cute that I normally wouldn't have one of these on the show, but I couldn't resist on this one. Julian, have a field day with it. Okay, this one comes to us from David, and he says, Dear Vegito X, Julian, whoever else may be there, my name is David, and I live in North Dakota. I'm only 13 years old, but I love your podcast. I set up all night on weekends to watch. My only question for you guys is how to actually watch Dragon Ball Z and GD. The problem is I can't find a place to watch them on TV. I have seen some episodes of Kaya Nicktoons, but they don't have anything past the Frieza saga, so you guys have anywhere to recommend? Thanks for eating this, and keep doing what you do. <laughs> Well, there were some periods in there, but that is about how we would read that aloud, I suppose. Yes. Well, you, you have to admire the enthusiasm. That's right. We were all 13 at some point in time. Not necessarily on the internet with some of us, but uh, the will was there. Was the internet around when we were kids? Yes. I guess it was. It was. Absolutely it was. <laughs> oh, that's right. My handle dates back from when I was about 10. <laughs> I was in middle school browsing Yahoo. So, I mean, stuff existed back then. For all you video game, uh, we are talking about video games earlier for all you uh gamers out there one of the first sites i ever went to was nuke.com which was egm's first uh i don't know foray into the internet world that certainly doesn't exist anymore anyway so where can you watch dragon ball i i think we have to clarify here they're 13 years old so how can they watch dragon ball i don't know is the answer of get a paper route still the best thing mm, well I don't know, with newspaper d subscriptions oh, that's dwindling. True. I forget we're in 2011 and not 1980. <laughs> <laughs> mm, maybe, uh, uh, let's see, work retail, but I don't know. In, in New York, at least, you can't get a worker's permit till you're 14. Jeez. Oh, um, <laughs> all right, so I guess one of the answers we can give him is, uh, all right, Funimation streaming the first 27 episodes or so of DBZ. So that is a place that you can certainly watch the beginning of the DBZ TV series but when you're that young I, I don't know ask your parents I, I don't remember I have my own money now it's difficult to remember yes. what it was like back then ask for a raise in your allowance that's right that's right it's the kind of thing I mean Daizen Shui X is obviously geared toward what is probably the older fan from all the research that we've done and the surveys we've conducted and talking with our audience they usually are college educated and older or at least that age and older but Dragon Ball is a kid's show. We all have to acknowledge and admit that. So there's going to be the younger fans and we want to encourage them to do the right thing and really support the show that we all love and hold dear to our heart. Very different from when we were 13 though. When I was 13. Oh man, I wasn't quite into the show, but I was very close and Soon I would be ordering tapes from shady people on the internet. Watching grainy MPEGs at 15 frames a second <laughs> downloaded. That's right. For hours on a dial-up connection. <laughs> Mary and I were talking about something. Um, the final bout intro. She remembered downloading that back in the day. I guess she was mowing the lawn or cleaning the pool out in the backyard or something. It's one of the things where you set to download in the morning. She said she would keep going in every half hour to see if it was done downloading yet, but it wasn't. And here we are, 2011. We have YouTube. You just click and instantaneously watch this thing. But back then, it took us an entire day to download a shitty video game opening. <laughs> back in my day. Now, I don't mean to constantly refer to the Daizen Shui X forum, but we have such a wealth of information, great community members, and Jake doesn't sleep, so he's just always posting giant diatribes of translated stuff. So <laughs> there's a bazillion things to read. I forget what the conversation was. 
but I ended up going back to my CD-ROM archive. I found some of my originally burned CDs from about 1998, and I posted one up, and it's just amazing to go back and look at what the download stuff was back then and what the fan sub sources were like and how some of us were having those magical moments of just discovering this stuff for the first time. The clip I put up was Goku's first Super Saiyan transformation. And I can't remember if this was subbed. If it was, it would have been the um, NGN subs. Do you have any memories like that of just those miraculous downloads when you're first getting into it and seeking stuff out yeah i remember oh it must have been planet namek or somewhere there was the original dragon ball opening which i had never seen before ah. and youtube didn't exist yet it took maybe three or four hours to download it was a tiny sort of postage stamp yep. sized window and there's another reference that the younger kids might not get anymore <laughs> what are stamps <laughs> <clears throat> Um, and it was maybe 10 frames a second and thought that was pretty cool at the time. I couldn't understand what the singing was about, but you know. I go back and look at those MPEGs and even now I still think, hey, that, that looks pretty good. That That's a good looking, right? And then I'm like, all right, I have these dragon boxes over on my shelf. That's what the show looks like. But for, for <laughs> DBC, Mary and I were saying that it almost feels wrong sometimes to watch it in such pristine clarity. There are a couple times I've got my old, old TV here down in the basement with a VCR built into it. Sometimes I just I'm really tempted to put in one of my old fan sub tapes and just sit and watch the show like I used to. It's like a don't forget your roots kind of thing, you know, grainy sort of rainbowing and halfway off of the screen. (laughs) That's right. Come out, you candy ass faggot. Those my kind of fan subs. That's yes. Um. We should explain. Um, there's some really bad fan subs, and that was that was the line that I don't even remember who anymore they gave to Vegeta when he was calling out number nineteen, which is "Come out, you coward!" Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Translated into regular English. Uh, all right. So enough of our you know, we're talking about our old days on the internet, Julian. If people have questions, comments, concerns, hopes, dreams, aspirations, or just want to hear about the internet in 1998. Where can they send those things? <laughs> yes. If, if you'd like to hear more about Julian and Mike's reminiscences of a bygone age, please send any questions to podcast at DiceyX.com. And you can find us on Twitter at DiceyX for news and site announcements and individually at VegetoEX, Saiya Jedi, and Mary T.O.T. I occasionally remember to update, and sometimes I even put up pictures of my daughter. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Actually, I don't remember if I ever became a fan of that. I probably should. <laughs> you should. I can make you an admin if you want. That, that would kind of make sense. It's usually just it me would. talking to people, putting up pictures of, oh, I finally got something in. Here's a picture. Oh, here's some news. Let's talk. And I just had another thought about 1998, and I forget what it was. But it was good times. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Wikipedia. We didn't have... Many things, but we made do. It was an innocent time. Yes, I, actu- I actually remember, I think, you used to have a, a fairly substantial music downloads section before we all realized that was illegal. Yeah, and you know, things change. I burned stuff to CDs and it kept me sane on a long trip to New Jersey when I was about 14. Oh, so thanks. good time. Mary mentions that too. She's like, I know this song. Did, did you have this on your site? And sometimes I don't know anymore. I'm like, I, I think I did. <laughs> It was either my site or Dr. Garrow's lab that had some of that stuff up. I know some of the Super Butoden songs we had up, but you know, back then I, I like to justify it like, oh, you know, this is really rare and you never hear it. And I'll put up a 96K version so it's at least degraded a little bit. I think back, well, 
wasn't really that rare. And I didn't know what bootlegs were at the time, so they were coming from Sony May CDs anyway. So I wasn't really on a high horse, but you know, things change. You grow up, you, you learn stuff about the industry. Well, anyway. All right, let's, let's wrap this <laughs> We're just up. going to keep referencing <laughs> it for you. We're here. done. We're done. All we're right. done. This is episode 248. We have episode 250 coming very, very soon. Uh, we'll start up that contest giveaway, Dizenshu 4, I think it is, World Guide, in conjunction with that. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed whatever the topics ended up being this episode. I described it as a hodgepodge, and I know that's what it's going to end up being. So, Julian, for uh, all these fine folks that we've talked to this episode, I, I don't even know who it might have been. But for Sean, for Mary, for you and I, uh, we can all be found pouring out of Daizenshu EX. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yes, so we are a website, and you can find us at daizex.com. That's D-A-I-Z-E-X. Dot com. That's right. All right. So this is 248, 249s coming at you next week. I know we'll do some Journey to the West stuff. I have a couple other things bouncing around in my head as well. We'll have a manga review in the near future. God, there's so many things planned. It's kind of overwhelming, actually, how many topics are in the works. So uh, for these fine folks, again, I say that. My name is Mike Vegito EX. We will see you next week. 249, EX. Have a lovely weekend or week. Or whenever it is you're listening to this. Julian, wrap it up. A satellite channel will be introducing two episodes per week of Dragon Ball Kai at 6 p.m. And hey, there goes an ambulance outside. Can you hear that? Yes, I can, certainly. I suggested that spot because there was nowhere else to put them and they were big and heavy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's been a busy night. I'm going to have some great outtake audio for the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally out of context. Sister, like, coming and yelling at me is like, what are you doing? Did you let her put those boxes there?